welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> oh, let's see if my voice can hold up through this recording tonight. Yes. How are you feeling? Um, you know, just I feel fine. I feel fine. I'm a little congested still, but I am fine. And so far today, my voice has held up. I have not done a lot of talking <clears throat> because, as I told you yesterday, the energy has been very weird. Um for me the past few days. I don't know what is happening this week. I don't know if it's (laughs) whatever's going on with CERN, (laughs) but I am just, I don't know, something, something's going on out there. So I am, yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me um, silence my computer. Did you hear that? Sorry. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Womp womp. Uh, All right. It's silence. I think. Um, Yeah. I like, I don't feel like I can even form sentences when I try to talk to people the past couple days. Um, and I know your energy is all off because you were in Point Pleasant. Yes. Talk about it. Yes, y'all. Um, so my husband surprised me. He wanted to take me on like a little impromptu trip. So we went to Point Pleasant, West Virginia to check out where Mothman happened. Y'all, it was amazing. Um, we got to check out pretty much everything with one exception. We didn't get to see the bunkers in the woods. Um, we just couldn't hike out there because we were losing our reception. Um, and from what I understand, it's like a half a mile hike into the woods to get to them. Um, so we were afraid that we were going to lose reception and then not be able to find our way back out of the woods. So we didn't do that. (laughs) Well, we did everything else. We went to Mothman Museum. We went to... Uh, there's like a little, uh, like all these little random Mothman gift shops around in there. Um, we hopped into, uh, the floodgate that they have wrapped around the community, um, has like this huge mural on the backside of it, um, that leads to, uh, Chief Cornstalk's, um, burial site. And then, uh, there's like some monuments to Chief Cornstalk over there. Uh, there's even like an old house, um, that was from like the 1700s that's still up. Um, so we walked through there and then the new silver bridge, uh, we drove over that coming in. So it's a cool place. It's just very, um, the energy is very interesting there. I think it's also when you know, like the history of it, it makes it even more like almost suspenseful. Like you're just waiting to see those two glowing red eyes or like something, you know? I would have been holding my breath and praying the entire time I drove across that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I told Kyle. Cause when we were going over it, I was like, okay, so this is the bridge that collapsed and he, well, not the exact one, but you know, it's the redone version of what collapsed in the sixties. Um, so I told Kyle, cause he was asking me questions about what happened. And I was like, you know, picture yourself sitting in, you know, rush hour traffic. It's five o'clock. Um, it's almost Christmas. Uh, and 
all of a sudden the bridge that you're on, like that your car's parked on because of traffic collapses and everybody is dumped into the Ohio river. Like that is literally my everyday concern driving over the bridges around here, just because of things like that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No Every time I'm on a bridge, I'm like, this is it. <laughs> Every time intrusive thoughts coming in. <laughs> coming in hot. I know. Right. Um, yeah. We talked to this uh, one local. <laughs> he was funny. Uh, he was probably like, he said that he was in his early twenties, um, but he moved into the area like right after the bridge collapsed. And he started asking us like why we were here. We told him that we came to check out, you know, all the stuff for Mothman. And he, he said, that movie was a damn lie. Oh. Oh. But then he proceeds to tell us that about like two years after the bridge collapsed, he was driving home from the American Legion one night. He said it was really late. And he said he made a turn into the woods, um, like close to where his house was. And he said, like in like this little distant, uh, like gravel road that kind of led further into the woods. He said it was either someone's taillights that he saw, or it was two big red eyes in the woods. Oh. That I never personally saw anything else other than that, but I really don't think that it was headlights. He said, I, I cannot explain what I saw. Hmm. Well, that'd be enough for me. That'll do it. <laughs> so I'm currently lighting incense and things right now. I'm serious. It's happening. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's really cool that you got to go. I stayed here with kids. I did um, take myself on a little coffee date yesterday downtown Portsmouth before my tutoring. And, um, there's this cute little coffee shop down there that I really like and it's old and all the stuff down there's old and apparently a lot of haunted things. So I sat down there to kind of get some, go through my stories for tonight and get through some inspiration for some places for us to go next week since we actually get to go out on an official exploration. Yes. So I have lined up like a whole little string of places in the same area in Suffolk that are apparently haunted. Oh, nice. So one place we can actually go in and tour. It's the place that Annie was telling us about. Nice. That's apparently pretty heavy. And then there's some other places around there that we can just go, like, kind of maybe do some live streams outside of. But either way, there's a lot in a little area. And I like that because, you know, in true ghosties form, when we used to go on explorations, we would oftentimes come up with nothing unless we sat down and did, like, a spirit box, you know, session. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have a few different places to kind of pick up on some of the energies around there. Yeah. So it's very close and it should be, it should be a good time. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. And we also <clears throat> need to throw out there that we are going to have our first spirits with spirit in like forever. Yes. Yeah. We are going to do one Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be at 9 PM Eastern time. Um, if you're listening now, what is today? July the 8th. So this is July the 12th, 2022. In case somebody in a year is listening to this and going, oh, I'm going to tune in. Um, <laughs> we are going to be live on Instagram. We have um, a special guest that's going to come on and tell us a UFO story. And he's super into conspiracy theories. And you know, I love a good conspiracy theory. So I'm hoping that people will jump on and go down some rabbit holes with us. Yes. Yeah. 
loved it. I'm going to set some like boundaries. Like we're not going to talk about <laughs> COVID and we're not going to talk about, <laughs> I'm not going to go down those conspiracy theories, but anything else like cryptids and crazy alien stuff. And maybe even we'll tap into CERN a little bit. I don't know if we should, or if we're going to get shut down for talking about it, but um, we can, uh, we can get a little, get a little tinfoil hat-ish. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be live. So grab a cocktail or a mocktail and definitely join us 9 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday night on Instagram. Yes. So excited. Yes. Hey, y'all. It's Christina from the Ghosties podcast. And I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com or find me on my TikTok channel at christinathemedium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with, and that is wine. (laughs) Shocker. Um, I love my wine, sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It has no added sugars and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day. And before you try to stop me and say, oh, I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme, it's not about that. It is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own. All you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich. That's M-I-S-S-Y-S-T-U-P-R-I-C-H. We have cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich and check out your next big wine obsession. Hello. It's time to start the stories. Um, hold on, let me lubricate these vocal cords with a little red wine. Hold on. Yes. There we go. Delicious. I'm having chocolate and red wine tonight because. Yep. What it's kind like, of? Hmm. What kind of red wine? Oh, you know what I'm having. No, I'm not. I'm not having Scout and Cellar tonight because I'm waiting on my wine to arrive, which comes Tuesday. I have a whole case coming. Ooh. Not a whole case for me, but. I have like five or six bottles for me. So I'm drinking like a classy yellowtail, like red blend tonight. (laughs) Nice. All desperate times. I did. I had a bottle of like a white wine from Scout and Cellar left, but I'm feeling a little red wine and chocolate. It's kind of like a date and a snack. You got your chocolate and your red wine and it's just. Yes. 
are you having a cocktail tonight or does the cheese stand alone again? No, I actually have a margarita tonight. Ooh, girl, I tequila know. Tina is about to come out. Tina yep. tequila. Is that going to be you next Friday? <gasps> <laughs> I know, right? Y'all, we have a girl's day. I can't wait. Well, right. girl's night. Yeah. Yeah, night. I'm like, we're not drinking all day, right? <laughs> night, right? Yeah. We're going to go to like this semi-divey bar nearby and have like beers and shots and bar food. And I can't wait. Yeah, We've not done this ever. In the years that we've known each other, we have not done this. I know. This is a first. You've seen me like off a couple seltzers or something, but nothing fun. So just buckle up because <laughs> I know. can ask ask some people i get fun when i when I drink <laughs> no tequila for me though or we'll be fighting Ooh. so all right here we go tonight finally i have an episode other than ghost share and it is going to be about ghost stories in virginia yeah as most or all of you know we live in the lovely very haunted state of virginia apparently we are in one of the most haunted states in the united states with over 200 alleged um, haunted locations, and I think there are way more that just aren't considered a part of, like, the official census, if you will. Um, So I have a few different stories from different places in Virginia, so let's dive right into it. Yes. The, The first one is kind of a creepy little just kind of a history about a building that I really want to go to. Uh, Apparently it's closed off to the public, but people still go there. And if you look at the picture, it looks like it. I mean, it looks like a whole vibe, a whole experience in one picture. It is the old central state mental hospital and it's in Petersburg, which really isn't that far away from us. Ooh, I love it. Yes. And I don't know if we've talked about it before. I feel like briefly we have, but it, because it said it was closed, we didn't really touch on it, but I'm going to tell the history of it and a few things. Um, there aren't really many ghost stories, but we're just going to talk about this real quick because it's creepy and I want to go there. So old central state mental hospital in Petersburg. Um, it was once known as central lunatic asylum, which is classy. It was first, Uh, It was the first facility designated for colored persons of unsound mind. Before the end of the Civil War, slaves could be sent to private asylums if their owners could pay. Um, However, many couldn't and whites always received priority then. So the need for care became apparent and they ended up sending them to this asylum called the Lunatic Asylum. Um, In 1870, the former Howard's Grove Hospital was turned into an asylum specifically for these patients, um, and the current building was built for them in 1885. Over the years, the causes of insanity or psychosis would include epilepsy, emancipation, typhoid, um, and even marriage. I don't know why, (laughs) but I mean, you know, what marriage doesn't drive you crazy from time to time? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, So the site eventually included buildings for chronically ill females, delinquent females, and psychopathic men. But it was known as more of a prison than a hospital. Um, It was overcrowded. They were subjected to cruelty and forced sterilization. Um, Those were just a few of the things recorded at the site. The building has been abandoned for years, and trespassing is not encouraged, but... um, 
there have been a few groups that have gone and received permission to research there. The people that have gone in there have reported apparitions, screams, a general sense of uneasiness, and they always feel like they're being watched or followed. So I want to go there one day (laughs) if we can do it um, and see what kind of things we can pick up on, even if we're just outside. But apparently it is really creepy there's always drafty, cold, like air from coming from nowhere and sounds that are going to just terrify you. So do with that information what you will. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> the next one I have is about the Martha Washington Inn, which is in Abington, Virginia. Nice. The inn was originally a home built in 1832 but it became the all-female Martha Washington College. During the Civil War, the college was used as a hospital where many of the young women stayed to nurse the injured. One of the women, her name was Beth, she fell in love with a seriously injured Union soldier who had been captured and brought to the hospital. She would comfort him by playing her violin, would take care of him really closely, and she was heartbroken when he died. A few weeks later, Beth herself actually died. Over the years, the guests and employees will hear her music, her violin continue to play, and they say you can even see her spirit visiting room 217 where her love died. Yeah, I know. There was another soldier there. This was a Confederate soldier. Apparently, the Union soldier soldier shot him um, as he was telling his lady goodbye, his sweetheart, and the floor was stained with blood to this day. When you go in that building, apparently the blood stains will reappear. Even if they clean it, um, holes have appeared in the carpets that they used to cover it. And they just can't get the stain to stop reappearing. Allegedly. (laughs) My goodness. They say you can also see uh, mangled soldiers that track mud through the house, uh, horses wandering around. Uh, you'll also see slaves in there and very like ill will malicious spirits in a tunnel that connects the inn to the barter theater nearby. Apparently it is now a hotel and spa, but I don't know that I could ever um, <laughs> go relax there, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little sip of wine. Hold on. <clears throat> okay. Another one that I want to talk about is Elbow Road. And I don't know that we've ever talked about Elbow Road on here. I don't think so. Maybe we referenced it when we talked about um, the Witch of Pungo, maybe, but not really the stories that go along with it. Gotcha. But obviously, if you live in um, Hampton Roads, you are familiar with Elbow Road in Virginia Beach. It's this really like wooded area. Um, there's no like stoplights or like trap. What am I trying to say? Streetlights around there. And there have been tons and tons and tons of accidents over the years. It's like one of the worst places around here for driving and people getting accidents there all the time. Mm-hmm. So there are apparently two like definitely reported ghosts. And another one that I found when I was doing my research, um, there is a jogger apparently that you can see on the road. And this guy says um, a man was killed there jogging with his dog. 
he came upon him standing in the middle of the road at 2.30 in the morning, crouched down, calling for his dog. He was wearing a black hoodie and khaki shorts, and this guy couldn't see his face. He didn't realize that he was not seeing an actual person. He was seeing a spirit. He thought to himself that was an odd time to go jogging with a dog, and he did not know he'd seen a ghost until two years later when he read about him in a weird Virginia article. Oh, my goodness. So apparently, if you go in the middle of the night, you can potentially see a guy crouched down in a hoodie calling for his dog. There's my voice. Oh my god. I know. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. Excuse me. And there are two more. And of course, my page disappeared. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. There is um Mrs. Wobel is one of them. Mrs. Wobel, her name spelled backwards is Elbow. She once lived in a house along one of the bends in the road. And this is kind of one of those unsolved mystery things because one night police discovered broken glass at her door. Um, They went into her house. They found a cold dinner in her kitchen and no one inside. Her body was never discovered. So the house was torn down. So a lot of times, apparently, if you drive along Elbow Road late at night, you will see Mrs. Wobble, um, walking along a sharp turn and a lot of times it will actually cause drivers to crash at night because they think they're about to hit a woman oh my goodness yeah there's also a little girl that drowned nearby there's tons of like bodies of water near there and this little girl drowned so if you drive there at a certain time in the evening you can apparently see like muddy footprints appear across the road oh my goodness yeah, which that gives me complete chills. Yeah. Ugh. I used to hear weird stories about Elbow Road when we were living. I mean, we didn't live close to that road, but we would hear odd stories, like basically that you needed to be like super careful um, if an animal or anything ran out in front of you to just keep on going, you know, basically. Like we'd heard stories where people would have like an animal run out in front of them all of a sudden and then... They would, you know, try and like swerve their car and that worse accident. Um, but it was just, I mean, like, it's like Missy said, the locals really talk about that street. It's a very odd place. <laughs> and it's funny because if you're driving through the day, like whatever, just going on your route, you don't really think about it. I mean, it is kind of like a little, the energy there is definitely weird because before I knew any of the creepy stories and I drove through it, I always felt a little like, mm, I just want to get to like... <laughs> traffic light or something you know Mm -hmm. um it's just it's got a creepy vibe but um definitely after hearing the stories I don't want to be out there at night no thank you immediately no yeah definitely has it has a Crawford Road vibe yes and I wasn't gonna do a Crawford Road one because we did a whole episode on that um so if you guys want to know about Crawford Road in Williamsburg refer to our previous episode on that because that is definitely real heavy there Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I have one from Scotchtown, Virginia. Nice. And it is Sarah Henry's ghost, who was the wife of Patrick Henry, who we all know um, as the famous give me liberty or give me death speech. So they lived in Scotchtown from 1771 to 1778 with their six children. Sarah 
uh, Patrick's wife began to show signs of mental illness after the birth of their sixth child. And if I'm being honest, if I got to six children, I would probably have some mental health issues as well. (laughs) No offense to moms with a lot of children, but two is more than enough for me. Anywho, um, at the time, um, at this time, mental illness was <laughs> Cusack Baggins um, associated with evil spirits and demons. And a lot of people would actually keep this secret because they didn't want people to talk about it and look at them, you know, like they were evil. Yeah. So there was one mental hospital at the time in Williamsburg, apparently, and the treatment was known to be very barbaric. So he decided to keep his wife at home instead of sending her there for treatment. However, in the final two years of her life, she started to become violent. Um, So he was forced to confine her to the home's basement. Um, And oftentimes she was put in what would now be considered a straitjacket to keep her from hurting herself or somewhere else. Gotcha. Um, So word started to spread about this and soon servants and visitors would actually avoid the house altogether because they didn't want to deal with her and they were kind of freaked out about it. So after her death in 1775, she was buried in an unmarked grave and the family left Scotchtown. But since that time, a woman in a long white gown is said to appear to visitors inside and outside of the house. I'm getting a lot of chills on my left side right now. And I already felt like somebody was sitting behind me earlier. So, oh, okay. So they see this woman in the white dress inside and outside of the house. Um, They say you can see candlelight in the windows, items being moved around. The doors will open and close. And you can even hear a woman screaming. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, the paint um, used on the basement rooms will not stay, even though they will continuously paint it. It will chip off or disappear. And apparently they think it is her ghost that's just not ready to leave, even though her family did. Oh my goodness. But I often have to wonder when I'm looking at some of these stories, like the violence and all of that, like what if it was like early dementia or something? Yeah. You know, poor thing. I mean, he didn't have her treated because he didn't, you know, want her to be subjected to all that terrible treatment that they went through at hospitals at that time. So he was, you know, just trying to keep his wife safe and yeah, I don't know, but that is creepy. And that story gives me a lot of chills. Makes me sad too. Like, did she have like some severe postpartum depression and that kind of like spiraled into like psychosis and Uh, yeah, absolutely. That makes me really sad for her. Yeah. Like, again, I've only, I have my two children in, I did not have the severe postpartum. Um, Did I have some? Absolutely. And it is depressing and exhausting and you feel like you're absolutely going crazy. But um, I can't imagine after, you know, what it does to your mental health after six and in that time, you know, not having all of the modern luxuries we have this to this day, you know. But so that is the story of Sarah. These are well, I'm not done. Say, the best one for last. I think it's my last one. Let me make sure. Oh, nope. I have two more. Nice. So, all right. Do you know about the Moses Myers house in Norfolk? No, I do not. Okay. It sits right outside of MacArthur Mall. Like if you are in, if you're facing MacArthur Mall from the Norva. Yeah. 
that parking garage on the left. Yeah. You can see the Moses Myers house from the parking garage. I feel like I know where you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right there. Um, I didn't know what it was until I worked at empire, um, old empire, not new empire. And, uh, my friend Liz and Natalie and I, (laughs) we would get so creeped out about it. (laughs) We would drive through the parking lot when we were leaving there, you know, at three in the morning, Moses Myers, because it just, it was so creepy. And we were so afraid to look over there because, um, apparently you can see somebody walking out in the garden late at night. (laughs) Oh goodness. So Moses Myers house, um, the house was established between 1795 and 1797. It was the first permanent Jewish residence in Norfolk. Um, he Myers himself was a prominent shipping merchant known for his reputation for fairness and for being free of debt. He did business in Europe, South America, and the West Indies. Some of his clients actually included John Quincy Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Um, after his death in 1835, the house was passed through generations and transformed into a museum after the Depression. No one really knows when the haunting started, but they have reports that go back as far as 20 or 30 years. They actually do tours there sometime. Um, I think they've done nighttime tours also. So I will tell you about their nighttime um, excursion there. So this was on a night in October, spooky season, which is perfect. Um, They locked up the house by nine o'clock and they gathered in the foyer on the first floor. The host started explaining the historical significance of the house. They went from room to room and they felt like all the pictures kind of followed them with their eyes. Mm. And then they started to look in the garden outside and the host said, sometimes you can see a man pacing up and down with his head down and hands behind his back, wearing a top hat and a cloak. The man is presumed to be the victim of Samuel Myers. Samuel was Moses' son, and he uh, was the first Jewish graduate of the College of William and Mary in 1810. Apparently, Moses Myers had a business partner, Thomas Bowden, who had an argument over debt. Bowden punched Myers, who was recovering at the house, and Samuel came home and thought his father was dead. So he grabbed a pistol and shot this man. Oh my goodness. Yep. So they say that Bowden's soul forever walks down, uh, up and down the garden. He never lived in the house, so he can't come in. And that's why you can see him outside. Oh my goodness. It says they, at, as they stared down from the garden several times, they would catch a little ripple of movement, but couldn't really um, tell what it was. Oh, wow. Goodness. Yeah. So the second floor, um, at least four people have died there over the years, including Meyer's eldest daughter, Adeline. Mm. Most people think they see her because she was engaged to be married and she never loved any other man. Um, And I guess died before she was married. Um, It was a series of misfortunes in that house. Her fiance died in 1817. Two years later, the Meyers went bankrupt for a second time and Moses Meyer spent the rest of his life paying off those debts. Following that, three of the sons died, including Henry, who died at sea from yellow fever two days before making port in Norfolk. Meyer's wife, Eliza, passed away after Henry's death when she was visiting family in Montreal, apparently from the heartbreak of losing two sons. And then Myers himself died in the master bedroom in 1835, and that same bed is still in the room. Oh, my goodness. Where, yep, Mary, Mary Georgiana, their third daughter, also died. 
apparently if you go there in the morning, you can occasionally see an imprint in the bed where someone has slept during the night. Oh. Um, co-workers of the museum have passed through the middle bedroom on the second floor and felt a hot breath. Um, they felt doors slamming shut. Um, when the door slammed, there was a bright blue silky dress stuck in it. Oh. But quickly, something tugged the dress through and it disappeared. Oh, my goodness. Um, they have seen little blonde girls in there that don't make them feel scared. They're just, she kind of looks at them like, oh, hey, you're here. And they're like, oh, you're here too. And they kind of just acknowledge each other and go about their business. Mm-hmm. Um, it said that the air is just really buzzy in there. Gotcha. So that is the Moses Myers house in Norfolk. Yep. And I have, I saved the best one for last. And I feel like you have to know about this. And if not, um, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know about the poltergeist activity um, on Florida Avenue in Portsmouth? No. uh -uh. Are you serious? Oh. I need some wine. Hold on. (laughs) I can't believe you don't know about this. Okay. Well, a lot of, I guess maybe because I was like born and raised in Portsmouth. um, I knew about it. I don't remember when I found out about it, but it's weird because I knew an exchange student in high school that I was really good friends with. And she actually was living in a house on Florida Avenue. And I didn't realize then, and I wish I had, but I have walked by this house when working for a certain someone that I worked for a year ago. And we won't say her name. Mm. the house is no longer there though because it's been torn down oh wow but the lot is still there and it is heavy so this is the florida avenue house here is the story uh 1962 13 year old cleveland Harmon lived with his great great grandparents apparently annie and charlie daughtery um, daughtery 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 we'll say daughtery Annie and Charlie Daughtry. They lived in a one-story rental on Florida Avenue. One sunny afternoon in September, Cleveland arrived home from school, and he quickly put his books on the floor by the door, when suddenly the books rose up and flew up over his head. Oh, my goodness. They landed all over the place. So the grandmother, obviously, or the great-great-great-grandmother, we're just going to call her grandmother right now, or Gma, we'll call her that, she scolded him. Um, even though he argued his innocence and punished him for, you know, picking the books up and throwing them everywhere. So the next day, apparently, um, the grandparents were in the living room and they were smoking their tobacco. Cleveland was in there and he was thinking, oh, I wish I could get my hands on some tobacco. You know, like any kid would probably be interested. So he looks up on the mantle <clears throat> where their can of tobacco was that was too high for him to reach. He was wondering how he could get his hands on some and suddenly the can flipped over and crashed on the ground. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He said he was stunned, but he was excited at what he had seen because there was no explanation for it. Good. He had, yep. He has other stories of being um, the sheets being pulled from the beds and flying in the air. He saw a bottle of pesticide fly across the room and hit his grandfather in the head. Oh my. And yep. And one time his grandfather was sitting in a rocking chair and it tipped over and like dumped him out on the floor. Oh my goodness. 
Yep. So it wasn't just the family in the house that saw it. Neighbors actually saw it too. Um, Helen Davis, who was a neighbor, was walking home with another neighbor from church on a Sunday. And she saw, they saw things flying out of the house into the street. And they were like, (laughs) what is going on? You know, something needs to be done. So they went um, and walked up to the door because they could see cups flying out of the house into the street. So they walked inside and they see the Daughtrys sitting in their living room, just in their chairs, just kind of looking around at all of these things that are like shattered all over the place. Um, so they looked, you know, asked them what was going on. And the Daughtrys said they had no idea how or why this was happening. Oh. And Helen, yep. Helen Davis says while she was in there, she watched a set of salt and pepper shakers jump from the table and land on the floor. She saw a chair, a rocking chair that was still start rocking on its own. And she also um, saw a mattress on a bed start spinning in a circle. Oh my goodness. So they abruptly left. Yeah. So apparently the family alerted the police later to what was going on that same day. Um, And the police came with two dogs The police were all about going in the house. The dogs did not want to, of course. They were protesting. They whined. And one of the officers finally forced one of the dogs in the house. Um, He says, however, you know, the dog was hesitant. But he saw nothing out of the ordinary except a few unknown objects hit him in the leg while he was in there. Oh, my gosh. So apparently the press got word of this um, and news started covering it and Around 10,000 people, this is in a matter of days, mind you, around 10,000 people flocked in uh, to see the house. And within those like three days, the Daughtrys ended up taking their grandson and leaving the house. Holy cow. So apparently two men moved in at some point after that, and they said nothing out of the ordinary happened. And they only knew of the quote unquote poltergeist from the neighbors. The house was later torn down. Um, But something I found interesting while researching this that I'd never looked into before was that the boy, uh, Cleveland, he ended up having a really troublesome life after that. Like, I think he was arrested sometime and um, like a few times and had a bunch of like, just really, I think he may have been into like some drugs and things. So it reminds me of how you say that certain like teenagers attract this poltergeist kind of energy. Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering since the guys that moved in later never had any accounts of anything, nothing ever happened apparently if it was actually that boy because he was, what did it say? 12, 13. Uh-huh. He was 13 teenager, the beginning of teenage years. Yep. As you were like reading the whole story, that was exactly what I was thinking of. Like he must be going through puberty and I kept hearing like he must have had some sort of like residual anger, like pent up against one of the adults in the house. Um, Because like if you remember, like something hit his grandfather in the back Mm -hmm. of something. Um, So it's interesting. It's like it was aimed at certain parties, basically. Yeah. And it like, based on his thoughts, because he was the one that was like, man, I wish I really could get some tobacco. And then as he's thinking that the tobacco like falls on the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, 
So, and you have to wonder, like, this is his great, great grandparents. Like, how many people have actually met their great grandparents? I knew my great grandmother, um, who was in her 90s, mm-hmm. but like, great, great. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. And, and he was living with them. So, obviously, there was something going on to where he was not with his family, you know, his parents or his grandparents. So, yeah, I just thought it was very interesting when I looked into a little more of it and it was just saying he had a troublesome, like, future after that. So, interesting mm-hmm. these were awesome yeah and they're all I wanted to do I really um like when I went downtown yesterday I was like what do I want to talk about like not just the cliche ones and a lot of them if you google it's going to talk about like Richmond Cemetery and Bunny Man and Crawford Road and all these things we've already touched on so I wanted to do a couple local ones that people may or may not know about um and then obviously some some of the further away ones but yeah it's always fun. We need to go back downtown um, when we're not doing a photo shoot. <laughs> and like I parked next to Trinity yesterday and I was like, oh, you could totally just go sit in the like in there outside in one of the benches and like, you know, yeah. pick up on the energy. So Trinity's a church, by the way, for people I don't know. It's yeah. a big church in downtown Portsmouth. So, yes, I'm totally down. Yeah. And that coffee shop, I, one of the, I don't know if he's a manager there. He was working yesterday. It was busy. And then it was really not busy. And I wanted to ask him like, this is the second time I've been in there in the past like year or so that I wanted to be like, have you noticed anything like spooky, but I don't feel like he would want to, like, he's open to that necessarily. He doesn't seem like he is, but I do feel like there is the energy of a little girl in there. Oh, wow. So we may have to go sometime and sit in there and, like have a coffee. It doesn't seem bad, but it's just, I feel like there is a little girl that kind of runs around in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I got to do a little something once in a while. My next one is go share. So you still have time. If you're listening today is July 8th, 2022. You can still get your go share episodes. In. <laughs> you have time. Nice. We all, this was our episode tonight. Find us on Facebook. Join us on Instagram Tuesday night. Don't forget 9 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Uh, on, did I say Facebook? You did say Facebook. TikTok. TikTok and email us all your amazing stories and tell us how much you love us at theghostiespodcast at gmail.com. And until we see you Tuesday night, stay spooky. All right. Bye. Bye.